Are you looking for something fun to do with the kids at home that will keep them learning? The Washington Wizards Kids Club, presented by Giant, has really cool, free, printable activities available online at dcfamily.com slash kidsclub. Coloring books, math timetables, writing worksheets, word searches, and so much more are up now for you and your family to enjoy. Keep the kids entertained by checking it out now at dcfamily.com slash kidsclub. Welcome to another episode of the Off the Bench podcast presented by the Alibaba Group and part of the Wizards Podcast Network. First off, we know that there are much, much bigger things going on around us than basketball right now. And it's been said, but it bears repeating that now is a time for uh, listening and being open with one another and doing the little things you can to make a difference in your own life and your own community. Uh, We're all very proud of the message that our players have communicated over the last week or so and the different things that they're doing to really try and make a difference around DC and around the country and around the towns that they all call home. Uh, If you have the means to donate or to give, please find a cause that resonates with you and and act on it. Uh, Within our own Wizards family, John Wall has started the 202 Assist program to help provide rent relief for Ward 8 residents that are in need, uh, and the organization and team are continuing to work on different ways to uh, find a way to make a measurable difference in the D.C. area. Uh, With that said, we are going to talk today for the first time in a while about real live Wizards basketball on the horizon, uh, the overall return of the NBA, the details of the announcement, and some different things to watch over the course of the next few months. Uh, And then at the end of this episode, we have a tribute by the voice of the Wizards, Dave Johnson, to NBA and franchise legend Wes Unseld, who passed away earlier this week at the age of 74. All right, we have Zach Rosen and Chris Gehring of WashingtonWizards.com with us now. Guys, basketball's back. The Wizards are in. We did not know if either of those two things would be the case, but got good news on both fronts. I think before we dive in completely, let's first summarize the information we have from the league so far. The NBA will return on July 31st with 22 teams, 13 from the West, nine from the East, with everybody convening down in Disney. It will be the 16 current playoff teams, the top eight seeds from either conference, plus the Pelicans, Blazers, Spurs, Kings, Suns, and the Wizards. Each team will play eight quote-unquote regular season games to determine seeding heading into the postseason. And any team within four games of the eighth and final spot in either conference will participate in a series of playing games to qualify for that final spot. So it's a lot to take in, but we've had some time to look through and digest. And now that we've done that, guys, what are, what are your first takeaways? Well, we kind of knew this format was going to get passed from reporting over the last week. Um, Needless to say, we're excited the Wizards were included. I think it gives us a lot more to look forward to and work with. Um, But I do like uh, the way that they went beyond the 16. I do think at first I thought, let's just go with the 16 scrimmage and, you know, do some preseason type atmosphere games, although it's all going to be preseason type atmosphere and with no fans um, from the the get-go. But I think it it gives an opportunity for all these teams to, to get ready for the playoffs. And you may see some of the top teams not even play their stars 
in the in these eight receiving games. It's, it's more so for about half the teams that do have jostling for position available. And then I think the coolest thing, the Wizards are going to have a real opportunity to sneak in to the playoffs if everything goes well in those seeding games. Um, obviously, these are the top 22 teams in the league. There's no fluff left on the schedule for anybody. Um, so it's going to be challenging. Uh, but I think from a Wizards standpoint, uh, this draft is not extremely deep. It gives them an opportunity to get some really good experience. They have so many young players that still need to develop. And um, I think it's a win. And, you know, most of all, they don't have to wait nine months to play basketball. I think I think that's a huge huge part of it. I mean, we were thinking about some of the some of the teams that are both going to have an extremely long wait, and whoever wins the NBA championship is going to have an extremely shortened offseason. Um, those, those are the two things that st- that stood out to me looking at this. But like like Zach said, I, it's it's so exciting that the Wizards are going to be back. They're going to be playing meaningful games. We've heard from Bradley Beal time and time again about how he loves playing in those kinds of games. His goal is to make the playoffs. They're going to have that opportunity. And by the way, Bradley Beal is still in the midst of an all NBA campaign as well. Um, he would trade making the playoffs for making all NBA, I would imagine. But I think that I'm really excited to watch him play. We know he's been staying ready. We know that the team has been staying ready. We've done some content on how they're all trying to stay as ready as possible, stay in the best shape possible. Um, but if they're going to have time to work back into it a little bit. I think this training camp length certainly was um, talked about at length about how they can all get back, um, get as fit as possible, get some games that aren't high pressure playoff games in under their belts for everybody. Um, however teams want to use them, it's going to be interesting to see how different teams use those tune-up games um, and how value, how they value them differently. Um, but yeah, the other thing Zach said, the, this is, the Wizards are still a young team. This is a, a really good opportunity for them to grow against the 22, you know, against the best teams in the league only. And um, from there, it's, it's a, you know, I think it's a great opportunity and, and I'm just really, really excited that they've come this far to the point where they're confident that they can, start to make these concrete plans, start to make some announcements about coming back. It's, it's been a really long road thinking back to it's, it's, you know, almost three months and um, there's been a lot of progress. There's work to do. There's still things to iron out with the players, um, with the league, but it's really, really exciting news. And I'm, of course, they wouldn't make this announcement unless they were confident that they're going to get it done and they're going to find the ways that everybody can agree on. Yeah, and I think everybody involved deserves a lot of credit. We've seen across the sports world how challenging this process is. Um, you know, not everybody's having as easy a go at it to, to get things up and running and to, to make things happen. But when you consider all the parties involved that needed to have a box checked and make this work for them, whether it was uh, you know, the league offices and the TV networks and players, not just star players, but role players and rookies and young guys and stuff like that, there's so many different people that had to be satisfied here. You had to make sure there were enough games. You had to make sure the teams that felt like they had a chance to make the playoffs had a chance to fight for it and, you know, show why they were on the bubble and show that, Hey, they were going to do something over the course of the 15 to 20, whatever was left on teams schedule that they felt like they could do something. Um, And then it couldn't be so weird. And we heard a lot of this conversation over the last couple of weeks. It couldn't be so weird that at the end of it, it felt like there was an asterisk and I don't, 
I don't think it will at the end of this one. I think the league did a good job of landing on something that at the end of it, it's going to feel weird, but it's going to feel real. And we're going to look at the champion and say they earned it in, in a manner pretty darn close to, to normal in terms of playing seven game series and playing teams from your conference and doing all sorts of things. Now, those first couple of weeks though are going to be chaos and in a good way, I think it'll be fun. It'll almost kind of be an NCAA tournament feel like that opening weekend where uh, people are playing in the same location and you know, you're going to have a one eight matchup and they finish up and they got to clear the court. Cause there's a, a four five coming in to tip off 30 minutes later. And that's something that we haven't really seen in the NBA before. And it'll be really different. I think, um, you know, there will obviously be something missing when it comes to fans. That's something that you can't entirely replace, but this league has, has shown so many different times that they're willing to innovate and try new things to make up for that. And I think regardless, this is, this is going to be fun. Yeah. And I, and I would also say that whoever wins this tournament, whoever ends up winning the NBA title, yes, taking, um, taking travel out of it, taking fans out of it. I think that it's, there are a lot of equalizing factors here. And I think if, if you look at, look at it that way, uh, whoever wins, I think it's going to be a really, really impressive feat. I mean, granted, they've had technically three months to get people healthy um, for those who are, had injured players. And I think that, you know, at the end of the day, though, whoever wins this, that's, it's still a lot of adversity to take a three month break after being full go, come back and win a tournament that really is just, there are a lot of advantages that are going to be eliminated during this process. Everybody's going to be in one place. It's going to be a weird, quiet gym. And I think that whoever ends up winning, it's going to be a really unique thing that, like you said, Jackson, I think totally it will be a very representative champion, which is, is exciting. And I think that's what the, the fans of the league and certainly the players in the league ultimately want. So that's it from the league perspective, focusing in on the Wizards a little bit. Um, the team right now is five and a half games out of the eight spot. Rosen, in, in terms of catching the Magic, a team that the Wizards went 0-4 against so far this season, I'm sure they would love to have some of those games back. But in terms of what they need to do to get off to a hot start when there's only eight games and a little bit of ground you got to make up, what do you see in terms of focus points that they need to lock in on? Well, I think... First of all, they need to make sure, <laughs> like every team, everyone's in shape. Um, I know that this group has been communicating a lot, going through different uh, kinds of uh, mental, physical exercise, as well as looking back at old playoff games with John and Brad um, and having John and Brad talk to them about what it felt like to be in those games. So I think they've been mentally preparing for being a part of this. I think that part will take care of itself, um, especially without the home court advantage. For a lot of these teams, that's one of the scariest parts of the playoffs is going to someone's house who's already has a better team than you on paper. It's really hard to win on the road. So that's that's a big thing for me when I look at it. Um, and then it's it's just going to be getting some of that chemistry back. I mean, the, the Wizards were just getting healthy, just um, getting uh, Shabazz Napier and Jerome Robinson acquainted. And uh, – they had a middle-of-the-road defense compared to the start that wasn't so great defensively to begin the season. So trying to, to go back to where that was, watching a lot of film, I'm sure, with their games against the Magic as um, 
they have essentially the same personnel um, that they had earlier in the year and figuring out what they were doing in those games. Um, of course, they're not going to worry about the Magic or the Nets until they have to play them. Um, they do play the Nets according to whatever reported schedules going out. We don't know that yet for sure, but we assume they will play the Nets uh, one more time. Definitely not the Magic uh, until a possible play-in. But you look at that and you say, all right, what were we doing well? Let's first start there. Clearly the offense was playing well. The defense was getting a little better. Shabazz Napier and Jerome Robinson were contributing right away. Now that we can have another training camp together to work on our cohesion, set some rotations, um, see groups that we think should be playing together more as we, we seem to realize Ish Smith was better coming off the bench for whatever reason, for example, uh, with that unit. So there's just some of those little things that you're going to have a little bit more time to figure out. But at the end of the day, the most, the biggest question is going to come down to health and testing, um, which we don't know a ton about. The MBPA is going to meet about that on Friday and are going to hash it out as time goes on. But um, that's the biggest question that remains. I think the basketball playing will be, will come together for the Wizards. I think they're clearly one of the youngest teams uh, involved in this. Nobody's going to expect them to break through and make the playoffs, but they've got nothing to lose. So you never know what can happen. It is like March Madness in that way because so many players haven't played shot at a, at a rim in three months. So um, you really have no idea what's going to happen. Yeah, there's a real leveling of the playing field that this entire process has put across the entire league. There's no way to predict how certain teams are going to react to this, whether it's a it's a top seed that comes out sputtering or a, a team in, in the Wizards or Suns position that has some ground to make up that just comes out flying because they're, you know, extra motivated and, and things like that. Um, the East will be interesting. It's essentially just the Wizards on the outside looking in right now with some games to make up, but the West is is pretty chaotic. There's four teams, five teams that uh, have a chance to make some ground up. They are almost certainly going to see that play-in scenario come into effect. I know Kevin Pelton said uh, Thursday on the low post that in all of his simulations, it was something like 95% that the West is going to in some way have some sort of a play-in series. So that will be interesting. I know a lot of people have been clamoring for that for a while and it looks like we'll at least get some version of that not in the way people had envisioned it for years but uh, it will be cool to see teams scrap for a playoff spot in a way very different than we have uh, in the past but back to the Wizards a little bit there's some really interesting storylines that were going to play out over the course of uh, the rest of the season that now will play out in a very different way it's, it's only eight games left in that that quote-unquote regular season that we have and, and some records to be chased down. Brad is looking to finish the season averaging over 30 points per game. Davis Bertans is 24 three-pointers away from setting a new single season franchise record. Um, you know, these are things that felt a lot more sure when there were a lot of games left, but these are some pretty important historical things that still have a chance, but will be a lot closer and a lot more interesting, I think, with this setup. Yeah, no doubt. I think the other thing, too, is like you know, the, the Wizards have eight games to make up essentially, I guess, two games in the win column. And, you know, that that kind of urgency is is, I think, going to bring out the best of what we know about this team. Uh, we've seen it all year from them. We've seen different guys step up at different times. Something that we've talked about during this during this hiatus, as it turned out to be about how everybody had a moment at some point in this season where they really took over a game. They um, 
played above what was expected of them. And that includes Bradley Beal. And so I think seeing how that plays out on a very, very small scale now on a hyper focused scale um, is, is going to be really, really fascinating. And I think it'll just, it'll one way or the other, I think it's going to set a positive tone for the Wizards going forward. It's going to set a positive tone for their off season, um, which is going to be a wild one like the NBA's never seen before. And um, yeah, they'll go from there. Either way, they're going to they're going to be able to build off of these eight games and whatever comes after it if they were to to make their way into the playoffs. Then you think about Brad. I mean, he's going to be the best player on the court in a lot of these games, and you you give yourself a good chance uh, whenever he's on the court. Um, and with Bertans is one of the best shooters in the in the league, and you know, shooting is one of those things that it. Yes, like you want to be as in, in great shape as you can, but uh, he may, you know, he may be a little sore the first couple games, but his shooting's never going to go away, as he'll tell you. So that's a huge advantage to, to have that just in your arsenal from the start. I mean, very few teams have those kind of weapons going into this. And then just to run through a couple of the other details that have come out in uh, the league's communication of this process, some of the dates that go beyond just the playoffs, which is obviously everybody's focus, but we've got other off-season events and, and another season on the horizon that's going to sneak up on all of us. And just to get those out there, uh, the draft lottery will be on August 25th with the draft on October 15th. Free agency starting shortly thereafter on October 18th. Uh, and then a quick turnaround for next season, a November 10th training camp. And right now what they're calling a fluid but a target date of December 1st for the start of next season so lots to take in um, we are going to uh, have lots for you guys lots for the Wizards fans coming up in the next couple of weeks as as we all kind of work through this and prepare um, we look forward to having some some good interviews on here with people within the organization coaches front office staff players all sorts of guys um, just to get an idea of how they're going to cope with this how they're going to make this happen um, how excited they are to do it and to be a part of it. Um, but with that, uh, I think we'll, we'll wrap this up, but we would be remiss if we ended this episode without uh, taking a moment just to, to speak on and remember uh, an NBA legend, a, a Bullets legend, a franchise icon, Wes Unseld, who passed away earlier this week. Um, and for those of you who were uh, on Twitter and, and plugged into NBA news, this week, West was West was a big part of it, and uh, you know he was before my time. But it, it's been pretty cool to see the reaction uh, and and just how universally he loved he was not just by this organization but by the league um, on the court, off the court. The, the guy did a little bit of everything: uh, MVP, champion, rookie of the year, Hall of Famer, the whole the whole works. So um, we encourage those of you that haven't to check out. Wizards.com, there's all sorts of cool tribute uh, information and, and stuff on, on Wes. Yeah, uh, you know, Wes is one of those players, I think, that will go down as underrated as a lot of people have written about. He just brought so many intangibles to the table with his, his passing, his screening, and most importantly, he was just a, a wonderful person. You know, anyone you talk to about him, was, he was just a great person, lived by – 
you know, the right, the right morals. He was raised right, raised his kids right. Um, and I actually was able to spend a good chunk of time with him in Baltimore at the Unselled School, which his wife Connie um, has been running essentially since 1979. And he was not in the, the best shape then, but he still was willing to, to do interviews with us and talk about the Bullets 40th anniversary. And a lot of people said, you know, before you meet Wes, just keep in mind, he, he doesn't mean to be tough. He's not, he's not going to be all smiley, smiley with you. Um, that's just his personality. He's always been that way, kind of like a Tim Duncan equivalent where um, he doesn't say a ton, but when he talks, you listen. Um, and he might not be the, the goofing type all the time, but he, he has a really good sense of humor. Um, and it was just really cool to experience that, you know, especially very early in my Wizards tenure, I'd say. Um, we had a really good experience just talking to him, and I learned a lot about you know, what basketball meant, especially back then, it's become a much more materialistic game, I'd say, but he was the definition of just the full team leader who, you know, left it all on the court and he was just a bruiser. Um, so, uh, definitely condolences to the Unselled family. Um, and please, uh, donate to the Unselled school. It is a great cause, a great school in Baltimore. Yeah, it's, I think you learn a lot about somebody, even if it's somebody that you've never met. We learned that, unfortunately, too much this year. We've lost a lot of people from the basketball family this year, as everybody knows. But I think you, you learn a lot about somebody by how it's received when people hear that they pass away. And I, just the outpouring of love and support that we saw um, on social media that I saw. I'm a, I'm a Louisville alum. He is from there and went there the love that I saw from that community um, where he's from and was born and raised uh, just, just shows you that he was just the total package of a human being and just a really great man that everybody looked up to. And, you know, it's, it's, it's sad to lose him. And I know that he'll be missed by so many people, but the legacy that he leaves behind uh, in his school and obviously as a, as a hall of fame player in person, um, you can't, you can't argue with that. And it's, it's pretty awesome to see, um, that that's going to keep living on well, well beyond hopefully all of us, hopefully it lives on for a really long time. And, uh, when you leave that kind of legacy, it's, it's, it's also celebratory of that when unfortunately somebody passes away. Yeah, no doubt about it. I think that will do it for us today. We will be back next week with plenty of new information and lots of conversation to be had, but we are going to leave this episode with one more tribute to Wes. Uh, this one from the voice of the Wizards, uh, radio broadcaster Dave Johnson. Remembering Wes Unseld, I'm Dave Johnson. Simply put, one of the finest men I have ever known. Unseld died on Tuesday at the age of 74. A member of Basketball's Hall of Fame, one of the NBA's 50 greatest players of all time. Along with Will Chamberlain, only players in NBA history to win Rookie of the Year and MVP in the same season. A large man, 6'7", 245 pounds when he played, and in so many ways, larger than life. But he didn't act that way. In a 2017 interview, when he was told he was, in many ways, the face of the Bullets franchise. I, I would say they need to get a new face. <laughs> 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 but, uh, no, I, it, it, it means a lot. I, I don't want to downplay everything but it it's uh it was important 
when it was happening and at the time. And if there are those out there as old as I am that can still remember it, then that's nice. Oh, how could anybody forget Wes Unseld? He helped make the Bullets one of the best teams in the NBA in the 1970s. And in 1978... Oh, maybe a half a dozen games before we were... We limped into the playoffs. Everybody was healthy. And at that point right there, I think we knew uh, there might be somebody that could beat us, but they had their jobs, uh, you know, a, a, a full day's work ahead of them. Long jumper off the back of the rim. Unsell the wrong rebound. Shovels to Danrich. Warm up the fat lady. Warm up the fat lady. The bullets are going to win. Three seconds, two, one second. There it is. Washington, first in war, first in peace, and finally, first in the NBA. The one and only Frank Herzog on the call of the 1978 championship when the Bullets defeated the Seattle Supersonics in seven games. Wes Unseld was the MVP of the 1978 NBA Finals, and before that final game, Unseld and Herzog went out to eat. Wes and I became friends over three years, and we would go out on the road. We'd go out to dinner together, keep each other out of trouble. So the night before the seventh game in Seattle, we go to this restaurant. He orders calves liver smothered in mushrooms. And I made a face, and he said, what's the matter? And I said, I'm sorry, Wes, I can't stand liver. And he said, I can't either. Why do you think I had it smothered in mushrooms? And I said, well, if you can't stand it, why are you eating it? And he said, Frank, ever since I was a kid, people have told me if you got a big game, eat liver. He said, my mom used to say, big game, eat liver. I figure this is the biggest game of my life, so I'm going to eat liver. And of course, it worked. For all his accomplishments in basketball, Wes Unsell was extremely proud of the Unseld School in Baltimore that he started with his wife, Connie, in 1979. It is still going today, and Unseld, in that 2017 interview, beamed with pride when talking about Unseld School graduates. What they do here with these kids with these children, and our children, young adults, is, is amazing. And that's why, you know, there's, there's a lot of time, effort, and resources you put into it. But when you get out there and you see them and see what they do and what they become, it's so worth it. Unseld's daughter Kimberly teaches there, and some Wes Unseld Jr., now an assistant coach for the Denver Nuggets, the first graduate of the school, and in so many ways, a role model for students at the school. Connie Unseld from that 2017 interview. Yes, academically, you want them to do well, but I want social maturity. I want mm. critical thinking. I want you to be able to work within the world and be inclusive and appreciate people. Well, this is what you're going to get. Yes, we will remember Wes Unseld for what he did on the basketball court, but he contributed to so many lives in our community in so many ways. I'm Dave Johnson. <laughs>